start with every morning. I didn't do it today. Did you notice? You know what word it is, right? Well, that's how we begin every day. And hopefully it is well with your soul today. Uh, today we're going to pick up over in the book of, um, I got to decide if we're going to do Matthew or Mark. We're going to do Mark today. Mark Two, going to stay in Mark chapter two. Uh, that's where we were yesterday, and uh, looking at the healing of the paralytic and the four friends who brought their friend to Jesus, and just all that uh, was bound up in that particular narrative for us, uh, and uh, about bringing our friends to Jesus and praying together with. Uh, everyone and there, Fran has it right. Well, that's right. Um, 
But now we just continue on in Mark chapter 2, down at verse 13. We're going to look at Jesus calling his disciples. I, I want to uh, uh, just highlight here in in the Harmony book that I use, the Harmony of the Gospels by Thomas and Gundry, um, what was I going to say? I know what it was, the sections. There we go. It was the long day yesterday. Um, this particular book, you know, a lot of times your Bibles will give you these headings and whatnot, but this also will tell you what sections other uh, other aspects are found in. For instance, we're looking at the calling of disciples here. And so the Thomas and Gundry um, Harmony of the Gospels uh specifies in sections 28 and 41, and right now we are beginning in section 47. So it, it tells you other places you can go to see more of the story, other places where Jesus was calling disciples. We've looked at him calling some disciples already, and what he said, uh, come and see, uh, come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, a couple of the things that, that Jesus had to say to those who would come after and would follow him. Picking up here in Mark chapter 2, down at verse 13, we see him calling yet another person. Uh, and uh, says, Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. So the large crowd coming because they they heard about the miracles. Uh, his notoriety is growing, and so large crowds begin to follow him. They want to hear him. They want to see his miracles, uh, and and so they came to him and he began to teach them. And it, is, it says, as he walked along, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, uh, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. I think it's just so interesting, just the two words, follow me, boom, just that fast, that quick, that simple, follow me. And he did. Uh, Levi got up and followed him. And th then the very next scene that cuts in here in the narrative is says while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house and just for the record this particular Levi was also named Matthew says while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples for there were many who followed him at this point there are many following after Jesus now just about tax collectors here for ju just a moment. I mean, you need to understand that tax collectors, I mean, taxes are never popular, I don't think. Uh, maybe unless you work for the IRS, uh, maybe. Uh, or uh, maybe you work for the government. Um, and, and I'm perhaps overstating that. But most most of us, you know, like to hold out paying taxes and, and hold up paying any more taxes than we have to. Um, and so in that day, same thing is true. The uh, tax collectors were not popular people. In their day, they, they were able to uh, 
charge even more than what the going tax rate was. So the tax rate may have been a dollar as an example, but they would charge too because they, they had their handler's fees and and they didn't give them all those titles. And I don't think they gave them all those titles, handler's fees or surcharges or so on and so forth. They just gouged people and, and they were known perhaps for gouging people in the, many of them. Now, maybe not all. But there were those who, who just had this reputation of being um, swindlers, if you will, being people who, who took more than, than what was required and who were padding their pockets. So that Jesus was there with many tax collectors and... Um, Jesus, I'm sorry, I got a message that came in, but Jesus is eating with these people, these unpopular people. Jesus was invited into the home of Levi. Levi invited his fellow tax collector friends, and notice what it says in the passage. Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So when the teachers of the law, they, they saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, you know, why is he doing this? Just to note who with whom Jesus ate. Sometimes what happens, a person becomes a Christian or they grow up in a Christian home or something and kind of the, the, the mentality is, well, don't don't be spending time with, with those types of people, you know, those types of people. And yet Jesus did that very thing. You don't read many places in the gospel narrative of him being in someone's home and eating with them. He was in the home of Simon Peter's mother-in-law, and that, that was back in chapter 1 of Mark. She had the fever. He healed her of the fever. She got up and made pierogies or something. We don't know what she made, but she gave, made them food and gave them food. Whatever Jewish culture in that day was eating, that's what they probably were eating, but she fed them anyway. That's a, a situation where Jesus is in a home, and now we see him in the home of this sinful tax collector. Jesus would take it on the chin more than once because of the people he hung out with. But he didn't hang out with the self-righteous. He often confronted the self-righteous, the Pharisees, the religious types, about their, their sense of uh, self-righteousness. As I've said before, self-righteousness smells worse than chicken manure, in my opinion. And Jesus, I believe, felt the same way about it. In fact, he often confronted the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders for their religiosity that lacked heart, that lacked spirit, that lacked mercy, that lacked compassion 
that lacked a love for people and a love for God, and, and it loved its own show. It loved its own notoriety. It loved its own, I don't want to say popularity, but notoriety, and people had to take note because these religious leaders made such pomp and circumstance out of so many things that they did trying to draw attention to themselves where the reality of it is we should be seeking to draw attention to Christ. Just again, notice with whom he ate. Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? With whom do you eat? Now, hopefully you would say, well, I I eat with my family. I eat with my husband. I eat with my wife. I eat with my kids. Uh, You know, I, I hope that you have some meals like that. Wendy and I were talking the other day. Someone asked us about, uh, we're in the market. Uh, fact, pick, well, should be picking up this morning a, a stove, a new stove. But we said, really, we don't cook that much anymore. It's just the two of us, and we really don't. And uh, um, we'll slip some salmon in the oven with some asparagus, and, you know, 15 minutes later, you're off and eating, and, Five minutes after that, if it lasts that long, you're done eating. It doesn't take long but to eat at home. But but then to think of spending time with people who do not know Christ. You know, if someone, if I were to ask the question, where would Jesus hang out in Belfast on a Friday night? Some people would say, well, he'd probably go to the church. Wrong. I don't think he would go to the church. I think probably on a Friday night, Jesus would probably go to Bowen's Tavern or he might go to Rolly's. I think that's where Jesus would probably go. Look at what he said. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. But yet even in going there, he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't just toss one back. He, he, he would, um, he would be bringing the message. He would be having spiritual conversation. He would be confronting people about their souls. Um, he, he would be meeting people where they are. Jesus was called the friend of sinners. And if you and I would be like Jesus, we need to learn how to be the friend of sinners. We need to learn how to love the unlovely. We need to learn how to care for the outcasts. Uh, we, we need to learn how to uh, uh, reach out to those who are resistant to the gospel because sometimes those who are resistant to the gospel, when they finally crack, oh my, they crack big and they're in, they're in full bore, all the way in. They're all in when they finally come around to belief. And so learning how to spend time with people who aren't Christians. So oftentimes what happens, a person becomes a Christian and they, they lose all their non-Christian friends. And, and that's, I mean, that, that is understandable in, in that, you know, there, there's a change of values. There is a change of you know, practices. There is a change of, of uh, you know, where we're going to spend our time and, and all those types of things uh, happen to us the moment that we, that we trust in Christ. And so oftentimes our friends will maybe abandon us. But but the other thing that happens is all of a sudden we end up spending all of our time with Christians. 
We and, and to maybe to a certain measure, we need to surround ourselves with Christians and have Christians around us to strengthen us, to fortify us, to help us uh, live the Christian life, and and to be solid and solvent in that type of a way. Um. But often we don't, and we end up not having Christian, non-Christian friends. Sometimes, I mean, that's maybe not always the case, but often that might be the case that we end up not having Christian friends. So, uh, to think through how how can I be friends with people who don't know Christ? Uh, one of you had a wonderful party here back oh a month ago, six weeks ago, maybe or so something like that, wonderful party, lots of people, a nice mixture of Christians and non-Christians. I think we need to have more parties like that where where we mix it up and the Christians and the non-Christians come together and we we, we learn each other's names and learn about someone's background and their, their, their work life and uh, those types of things and um, make new friends and, and hopefully point someone to Jesus. That was a great party, by the way. That was an absolutely wonderful party. So, but to learn how to be friends of sinners, to, you know, we might say, someone might say to us, well, how can you eat with those types of people? How can you spend time with those types of, wow, those. I mean, can, can you just, can you feel that? I mean, that, that, that uh, disparaging tone of those people, no. I mean, to point people to Jesus, to, to love people to Jesus. And, you know, whatever, whatever type of person that may be, someone that doesn't know Christ. Now, there might be some, you go, oh, I'd be around that person because they're, they're nice and they clean and they smell, they smell good and they, they, they wear nice clothes and, you know, they, they uh, have a nice home and they drive a nice car and I don't mind at all being around that person, you know, and th that's wonderful. Now, sometimes we do mind being around some of those types of people, but then it could be somebody on the other end of the spectrum. But to learn to love all people like Jesus loved all people. Now, I know I have spoken some against uh, the, the the distinctiveness of legitimate biblical historical Christianity, Orthodox Christianity, uh, and some of the, the current cultural movements uh, in our world, especially in America. Um, but yet, fact is, we still are called to love those folks, uh, even though they, they have values that are uh, polar opposite of the values of Christianity. We still to love them. Uh, even though there there is this vast difference between us. Who did Jesus spend time with? With whom did he eat? That was the title this morning. Uh, what about you? I mean, to think intentionally about having a a uh, a meal with somebody that that maybe isn't a Christian to meet them at uh, our favorite. Uh, local sandwich and soup shop, Bell the Cat. Um, if you happen to be in Bell the Cat, tell JoJo, Pastor Jim was talking up Bell the Cat, if you would, please. Um, 
but take somebody in there, meet somebody for lunch that's maybe not a Christian and just ask them how life's going and what's new with them and generalize chit chat about their life. And, and at some point you say, you know, one of the reasons I want to meet with you is because I care about you and, and, uh, I, I want to share something with you, uh, but let me share with you by asking you some questions. And you don't have to come out of the gate with, with diatribe, with lesson, with teaching, with preaching. You come out of the gate with um, you come out of the gate with questions. What do you think uh, about Christianity? What do you think about Jesus? Uh, you know, what what are your thoughts about religion? And, and let them let them give it to you, you know, and, and they may they might be loaded right up for bear. I mean, they might just blast it. Religion. Rawr! Let them say it. Don't don't try to counter it. Just go, you know, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I understand uh, where religion has so often gone off off the rails. And, you know, I'm. Some people might think of me as a religious person, but but I want you to know I'm, I'm really not religious as, as I would define it. Rather, I'm a person who is in a relationship with God and trying to grow in that relationship, and I'm practicing certain disciplines like my church attendance or prayer or reading the scriptures or things like that to help me grow, but but I, I don't consider myself religious. I, I'm just trying I'm trying to be a spiritual person. I'm trying to live as a follower of Christ. So I mean over a meal you can have this type of conversation. There is a growing uh, movement of people who do eat at places like uh, uh, airline brewery over in Ellsworth or uh, at even at Rollies or or places like that. Uh, who are having robust Christian conversation, and they're trying to include non-Christians in the midst of that conversation, and they're eating wings, and they're drinking beer, and and, and they're they're not allowing anybody to get drunk. That's the other thing that, that some of these it's just and it, it's not just like a local main thing. I mean, it's all over the place where people are saying, "Look, let's live life. Let's meet people where they are. Let's let's talk." Uh, about the Jesus, about Jesus, uh, in, in all these public places, you know, uh, and you've heard me say before, you know, I, I I would rather rather be around a group of people eating wings, drink and and drinking beer if that's what they're doing, uh, and talking about Jesus than having vanilla ice cream and white cake and talking about anything but Jesus, uh, and, and sometimes we 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 cleanse ourselves and think that we're righteous in some way because we have vanilla ice cream and white cake uh, and we're not in a bar and we're not eating wings and we're not around beer yet we don't even talk about Jesus uh, I, Jesus has to be the center uh, and see Jesus got in trouble in his day with with the religious leaders because he did the things that they thought were that's so irreligious to go and eat with tax collectors and sinners like you're going and doing Jesus. You just you don't you should know better than to do things like that. You should know better than to go into rollies and, and and talk with people like that. Why? Again, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, I he had conversation. I, I I doubt that when Jesus was at Levi's house, he stood up and gave a homily. You know what a homily is, right? A sermon. He probably in the in the course of discourse pointed out truth. 
pointed out people's needs, pointed out the reality about who he was, and uh, it was in the midst of the dialogue. And, and see, we, we need to learn how to have dialogue like that with people, to sit with them at the kitchen table. And, and you don't have to go to a bar. I mean, some of you, some people just, I couldn't do that because you maybe have an issue with alcohol. Stay away from it. By all means, stay away from it. I tell you, stay away. And, and no Christian should ever let another Christian get drunk. It just shouldn't happen. Just saying that. Stay away. Eat. Invite someone to your home. Invite someone to another place where you can sit down and have a conversation. Uh, you know, many many restaurants serve alcohol, but we don't think of them as a bad place to go, even though they serve alcohol. Take them to Olive Garden and have a conversation. Uh, there, there's groups of older men. I think it's older men who uh, on a regular basis meet at McDonald's at like 6 a.m. And then after they're at McDonald's, they're off to the golf course somewhere uh, up in Bangor playing golf and then ending up at another popular restaurant, and they're just hanging out. Now, I, I, I remember who told that story recently, uh, and he was wearing a golf shirt. I, I won't mention his name, but uh, and it's not he's not a part of our church. I'd love him to be a part of our church. Uh, fantastic guy here in our local community. Um, but why not Christians learn how to do things like that? Now, I'm I'm not very good at golf. In fact, honestly, I'm not very good at relaxation. I'm just being honest. I'm not good at it. It's an area where, I, you know, I I can work up from before. I I can I can be working before sun up. Yeah, the sun's just now coming up. Uh, I crawled in bed last night. Uh, I got home like ten minutes to eleven and. Uh, probably quarter after 11, crawl into bed. Um, I, I like what I do. Um, but to learn how to relax, to learn how to go play golf, to learn how to uh, go bowling, to learn how to go to a, <clears throat> I'm going to bring myself to say this, to a Patriots game. Okay, they're playing the Steelers, I'll go. Last time I went to the Patriots versus Steelers, the Steelers lost. Um, but learn how to go, go to a, a local sporting event with a group of people. Uh, we need to learn how to spend time with people who are not Christians and to point them to Christ. Now, I, I want to change up what I do a little bit. <laughs> and I meant to do this Monday, the day that Don wasn't with us was Monday, not yesterday. And Fran picked up for Don on Monday in greeting people. Thank you, Fran, for doing that. I can remember it was yesterday or Monday. I just, my brain just, but anyway, um, here's the practice. I would like for you to figure out what is one thing you're going to take from today. Uh, you know, and, and maybe get yourself a little little notebook or something. And what is the one takeaway? What's the one thing that that that, that you need if if you were to instruct someone else out of what we learned today? What would you say to them? That's what I want you to do. What's the one takeaway? And maybe it's a takeaway for what what you need to apply to your life. But but I want us to go beyond our lives. This whole disciple making piece. It isn't just about us being made in disciples, but us helping others grow as disciples. So, so out of this, what would you share with somebody else? What's the one thought? What's the one takeaway? I'm, I'm trying to equip you here that, you know, if you were to run into Christian, you could say, you know what I was thinking about today? 
I was thinking about that it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick, and that Jesus didn't come to call the righteous, but but sinners. And uh, that's what I'm thinking about, and thinking about sinners that need Jesus and how to spend time with them. That that's what I'm thinking about today. And and, and what about you? Do you? And then even I mean, this could prompt you to go into uh, praying with with somebody about those top five people that don't know Christ. We've talked about that CPR, cultivate, plant, reap, uh, that, that you would practice and you would pray and that you would practice. You'd pray, you'd talk to God about men, and then you would talk to men about God. And I always start out by talking to God about men first. And I say men, people, I mean, talk to, talk to, uh, to God about people and talk to people about God. But you, you start out prayerful and looking for what God would do and uh, trying to point people to Jesus. You, you, you say, God, open the doors, provide the opportunities, open hearts, prepare people to hear the message of Christ. You pray, and then you watch for God to give the opportunities, and, and you pray for those hearts, particularly those five people maybe that you're praying for that don't know Christ, and, and you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and you talk to God, and you ask God to give you opportunities to talk to those people about Christ. That might be some of the takeaway for you today. Just to think about, with whom do you eat? If you were to go out and have a meal and invite somebody out, who would you go with? If you were to go out with a group of people, where would you go? What might you talk about? Uh, would, would you be praying, God, give me the chance to slip something of Jesus into the conversation? And that you would do that. Some of you are very bold, and some of you uh, uh, just go and do it. And others maybe need to be emboldened a little bit more. It doesn't maybe come quite as naturally to you or as easily to you. But that Lord, that the Lord would help us all to be friends of sinners, pointing them to the Savior. Lord, help us today. Give us opportunities. Help us to walk through the doors as you open them. We look to you, Lord. Help us to be your witnesses in how we conduct our lives. Help us to be your witnesses through our conversation. Lord Jesus, draw people to saving faith in you that they might have not just eternal life someday, but that they might have the life of God today. Strengthen us, we pray. For the glory of Jesus, Lord, hear our prayer. Have a great day, everyone. See you tomorrow.